0: Welcome to another episode of AM Infocast. In our last episode, Fami Al-Shawa from Imensa provided a great snapshot of the AM adoption scenario in the Middle East. My guest this week on AM Infocast is a global technology ambassador for additive manufacturing and is pushing the adoption of AM globally with her initiatives. Let me introduce you to Janet Carr, who is the Senior Vice President Digital Transformation at link 3 Over the last few years, she has worked with aerospace and defense automotive, oil and gas, and industrial organizations to develop digital transformation strategies to scale their advanced and additive manufacturing infrastructure. She is currently working on developing hardware and software partnerships to help the industry connect the digital thread to enable workflow automation and quality production at scale. During her free time, she supports Women in 3D Printing as the board director, leading the next-gen program forming the marketing strategies. In this episode, we talk about her journey with AM, how she is helping accelerate the global AM industry, opportunities and challenges of this technology, and her advice to young engineers looking to enter this industry. Let's join the conversation. Welcome, Janet, to
1: AM in and thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks for inviting me, Aditi. I really appreciate you.
1: Janet, uh, you've had a very diverse career and a working background. How did you get introduced to additive manufacturing?
2: Actually. My working history is you can say split among two paths. So one path is manufacturing. Worked in textile manufacturing, worked at a bottling plant, um, warehousing even for an e-commerce platform. I even worked at GE Digital Energy where I worked on aftermarket parts as well. And through that experience, I learned a lot about the manual operations versus having a digitally enabled environment and how that could really mean the difference. And my other path that I've worked on is in the startup world. Worked at Silicon Valley, helped companies uh, enable their workflow software to be brought into different markets and really enable that go-to-market strategy for B2B businesses. And then after moving around from San Francisco, then to Hong Kong and actually Myanmar at one point, my husband and I actually decided, oh, where would we be best suited? So we looked at New York City, um, and when we moved to New York City, I met my now CEO, Shane Fox, and he introduced 3D printing. And at the time, uh, I've heard about 3D printing before, but he was looking at how do you bring the 3D printing manufacturing environment and find the cross section between that and the digital realm through workflow software. And so that actually uh, helped bring both of my different paths together into where I am today. So that's how I got into additive manufacturing.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. And and you know, cutting from there to now, you know, you're assisting various aerospace, defense, and medical companies scale up additive manufacturing. Can you share a bit about your journey in this industry?
2: Yeah. So when Link3D actually started, we one of our, our first client was actually in the aerospace industry. And what was really interesting there is we learned uh, a lot about working with organizations, especially enterprises, operating in highly regulated environments and all the challenges they face with cybersecurity, IT infrastructure, how to navigate their corporate ecosystem. Beyond that, how to champion added manufacturing across their operations to increase adoption. And so through that experience, specifically for aerospace defense and medical sector, what are common themes we found is Organizations number 1 are trying to enable their data traceability programs so that they can. Support their quality requirements, you know, and this is where digital can help. So, enabling digital quality systems that can connect data for enabling process, qualification or part qualification. We're talking about what kind of infrastructure can you use to store the data, generate the reports needed to provide insights or even to adhere to the audit reports required, especially if you're ISO 9001, AS9100 certified, beyond centralizing all the quality information, the CAD files, production parameter data, material information, lab results, or your NCRs or CAPAs. So, what we found is a lot of organizations are trying to provide that infrastructure to capture that data, whether it's for quality purpose or driving operational efficiency. And then number two, uh, we found that uh, one of the biggest challenges in the and these sectors, especially is how do you provide secure data interoperability across the atom manufacturing corporate ecosystems? So, what we found especially here is a lot of these organizations operate with different ERP systems or in medical sector uh, epics like a very popular solution. And all of these systems have infrastructure that require Uh, a level of integration in order for you to integrate added manufacturing into the overall supply chain. So these organizations, they've typically started their added manufacturing operations in a silo. And then as they're growing, they're looking at how can they integrate their operations more with procurement and digital solutions can help organizations overcome that because you can now uh, look at how you can streamline the workflows across different uh, swim lanes in this case. And in terms of data operability at the shop floor side, a lot of organizations are looking at how can I have a end to end system that can help uh, streamline data across from beginning to end so that it is secure. So specifically for defense, you're looking at the data traceability. So, and then how can I maximize my machine utilization rates? When you're talking about defense as well, folks are looking at how can I ensure last mile security so that I know the parts that I'm printing are being met with the right specs. So this requires a lot of integrations between the machines, the specialized software systems that they use, so that you can create that end-to-end audit log and ensure that single source of truth. But if you take it a different area in terms of security and infrastructure requirements, oftentimes for defense and aerospace sector, they need to operate within the ITAR environment. How do you do that? to um, have the right databases and the security policies put in place so that it enables all the data to interact efficiently in that environment. And then for the medical sector, you're looking at HIPAA requirements. How do you de-risk putting your company and employees at risk when dealing with protecting patient data? And especially for hospitals, supporting their patients At what level do you need to have HIPAA compliance or can you work around that with anonymized data? So there's a lot of interesting conversations to be had depending on the organization's operations and needs. And so when I look at our journey or my journey into supporting these sectors, it's been really awesome working at link 3 d because we work with a lot of trailblazers. So just today, I don't know if you saw this at Aditya, but um, we announced that we launched the AM Wash technology. So it's like our IoT platform to enable data inter- interoperability across machine and workflow software. Um, and our customer Sikorsky, which is a Lockheed Martin company, was talking about the benefits of how you can like, pull the data off the, off the shop floor and really help guide making decisions. And then a couple of months ago, we actually had Dr. Morris, from Mayo Clinic. And he was discussing how there's no turnkey solution to really enable patient care. And so together we're working on building that. And what's really interesting about these two stories is, you know, these are not solutions that just come off the shelf. Out of manufacturing, whether it's like aerospace, defense, medical, or any other industry, it requires continuous collaboration amongst the community to keep pushing each other. Keep pushing each other in terms of finding gaps, identify where there might be risk from human error or other types of potential issues, and then finding ways to close those gaps. And together, there's so many standards out there. There There's so many industry organizations out there. For example, if we're talking about aerospace and the defense sector, America Mates has been doing such a great job providing a platform for organizations to connect and help close that. In Europe, there's the SDAM, which is uh, the strategic digital alliance for additive manufacturing to help close the digital gaps since that is not completely solved yet today. And what we found at uh, Link3D as well is. With the launch of the Japan additive manufacturing meetup. It has helped provide a platform for people to start talking about the challenges they face and then. Share their knowledge so that they can leapfrog and. Hopefully, not make the same mistakes as their predecessors, but learn from them so that they could also accelerate their adoption. So, kind of like what you're doing at DTI, you're providing that platform for people to connect, share their insights, and and learn from the Indian network and the global network as well. So, I've been to a couple of um, conferences where Boeing has this beautiful graph about the digital twin and all the processes uh, in blocks to demonstrate what it takes to bring a part to market. Now, if you look at that graph, it was really interesting to see that the majority of those blocks actually are in the post processing side. A lot of the cost resides in post processing because of all the Human labor required to do the powdering, remove the supports, heat treatment, post processing, finishing, QC, what have you. And so one advantage that Asia might have is actually on the labor cost side um, because labor is slightly less expensive, as we know. And so that could be a really interesting cost advantage. What do you think about that, Aditya?
1: I agree with you, Janet. Uh, you know, while, while the costs for material and, and, and the machine are going to be quite at par with, with, with Europe and other locations, uh, I think uh, the kind of manpower we have in India in terms of uh, especially in India, I can speak for India is skilled manpower in engineering and IT, which can easily be be upskilled to, you know, be uh, conversant with AM. I think that's that's an interesting thing which we are not really leverage. And you know, of course, with China as well, the scale of manpower uh, which is present, I think yes, definitely we provide that advantage on the manpower side.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And on top of that, if we're talking about geography. The majority of the population of the world is actually in those two countries, right? billions of people living there. So at the end of the day, will a lot of the prints be closer to the end users where you know industry is being built to support the population? So if that's the case, there's also an advantage on geography, right? You can cut back on supply chain costs, maybe even reduce carbon footprint and help us make this world a slightly more livable place. And so I think there might be something interesting there to explore. But on another note, I think, a lot of Asian companies could leapfrog from the experiences of North America and Europe, because in North America and Europe you've spent the last 15 to 20, 30 years investing in additive manufacturing, right? And so they have a lot of legacy systems, infrastructure that they have to work around and with. So what's the beauty about starting from scratch or starting from, you know, with less history is you can kind of Develop a strategy with all these lessons learned. And so what's really interesting, if we tie back to the digital side, a lot of organizations typically have. Especially in America, like their, their people, uh, their, their people strategy on hiring and the talent uh, that they want to support hardware, software. You know, the facility all that set up oftentimes digital is actually the last thing people think about and it's, it's. um. Too bad, because if you provide the digital infrastructure set up from the beginning, then as you grow, you don't have to think about moving. Your data systems again, retraining people on how to operate their day to day, and then you can grow and scale as well with your best practices and your history of information and experiences logged.
1: That makes sense. And I think, I think what's important in Asia as well is, is that people need to exchange their ideas and thoughts and, you know share their experiences to really grow together and grow faster. I think that's also very important from uh, from what you said. you know, It's important that people exchange ideas and thoughts and see where that where it gets it.
2: And that's why I'm really excited, Aditya, to like be collaborating with you on behalf of both of our organizations to launch the APAC Adam Manufacturing Meetup, because it provides a platform for people to not only learn from industry leaders, but also Network, because a lot of the, the learning actually comes from, you know. Your casual conversations with folks when you're not on stage, when you're actually sitting across maybe. A booth or something like that, or you know, across the table. And just sharing your experiences and that's very valuable. So really excited to be working with you on that.
1: We are also quite excited to understand what's happening in other countries around Asia, because we've been uh, quite India centric for the past uh, 3, 4 years, but we are now realizing, you know, the importance of being, being present or, you know, being aware of what's happening in our region as well. Because finally, aim is a global technology and we are looking at East in terms of you know what what's happening in Singapore and other countries. And we're also looking at the Middle East very keenly, because uh, that seems to be a very interesting market and growing pretty fast. And of mm-hmm. course, it's uh, still at a small base. Uh, uh, right now it's, it's very uh, it's fancy in terms of the infrastructure. But I think there's a lot of government support in those regions and it's, it's we are really excited on how the regions kind of building up in terms of AM across uh, Middle East, uh, Indian subcontinent and the APAC region.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And with the government support it really incentivizes organizations to think about, hey, maybe I should develop that distributed manufacturing strategy so that my headquarters across the world have this capability and know how and potentially even look at providing, you know, around the clock service to their customers that they are, you know, supporting. So it's pretty exciting to see what's what's happening here.
1: It's great talking about all these things. And and of course, Janet, you've been a very strong networker. You've been connected with with the entire industry pretty much as part of your current role. And of course, uh, you know, efforts with women in 3D printing and and your other uh, with America makes and other initiatives. But, you know, just would like to, before we round off the episode today, would like to know from you, you know, what would your advice be to a young engineer today? looking for opportunities in the additive manufacturing what would you f- feel they should do to really get the right opportunities and talk to the right people you know can can you sh- can you share a bit of insight on that
2: yeah definitely so i guess a young engineer looking to participate in an industry i would say before you dive into which path you want to go you probably want to figure out you know what kind of problems you want to be solving because in additive manufacturing there's so many right you can talk about how can i help an organization Introduce rapid prototyping and find ways to help uh, make this tool available across all the designers and engineers. There's also the challenge of hey, um, how can I enable my spare parts or aftermarket parts program and then look at millions of parts and see how can I uh, qualify this for production and then make this accessible to be printed on demand and solve those challenges. There's also the other challenge of hey, I want to you know, create something that can be used for production or, you know, send it to space or Mars. There's so many really interesting challenges to be solved. Or do I want to print a part that, or create parts that can help save lives and and how to do that? So I really do believe that these organizations, like these nonprofit, non-government organizations really provide a great platform for a young engineers to dip their toes into the minds of what my life could be like Depending on the path, I want to take so women in 3D printing is a great platform. Like you mentioned, they have 75 uh, chapters worldwide. So, no matter what city you're in, if it's not available to you, it might be the 1 next door and you can just easily pop in if you want to. Or America makes has started a revolution. Thanks to Ralph Resnick on, you know, getting uh, industry to collaborate together. And what's really interesting there is as a young engineer, you can participate in attending those conferences. A lot of them are virtual now because it's COVID. So it's a great way to get in for free sometimes where you can learn what are the challenges is trying to solve? And based off of the project calls, what, uh, how are they going about solving these challenges and how are they uh, tackling that and which kind of players are, are tackling these problems together? So you can learn a lot from just observing And then beyond that, although it seems like there's another additive manufacturing event every other day, but there are four or so main additive manufacturing events. One actually coming up is AMUG in the U.S., and they actually have this user group where about 2,000 people typically, during COVID, I think it might be 50%, show up to just chat casually about all the challenges additive manufacturing has, and this provides a great opportunity to have a window into what problems need to be solved and where you might in some of those challenge sets. And then you can network with people to see if you can get your foot in the door, which is really nice. And then if you're looking at the commercial side, you know, Rapid plus TCT, Form Next, or the TCT conferences, they're great to know what are the the new solutions that are being launched? What's the next best thing that everyone's trying to better understand and explore if they want to? absorb this technology into their operations. So it's a great way to to understand what are the new commercial solutions that are available in case you wanna be on the supplier side to help support this additive ecosystem. And of course, you can always read up on the news. So like <laughs> Indian 3D Printing Network that Aditya support, supports is a great platform where you could learn more about what's going on in the industry because they actually get the news pretty much right away and are able to disseminate that to the masses, which is wonderful. And you can also look at different types of courses, which I think you guys have one too, right? Aditya, it's called Additive Academy? Yes. Where? Yes. Yeah, yeah, those are great because you can then know what are um, things that you can learn to enrich yourself beyond your engineering degree so that you have more additive knowledge and know-how to solve whatever challenges the organization that you might want to join will be facing.
1: Thanks, Janet. I think that's a great piece of advice to all the young engineers out there looking to, you know, make their mark in this technology. And thanks for mentioning, you know, our our media platform and our training initiative. Of course, it's a continuous effort to kind of provide the a stable support system to the industry in India. So it's it's been a great journey, and we look forward to you know having great connections together. And hopefully, we meet sometime soon. Thanks again, yeah, Janet, likewise.
2: for joining us today. Thank you, Ditya. Yeah, this is really fun. I really appreciate you.
0: Thank you for joining this episode of AM InfoCast powered by AM Chronic. I really had fun with this conversation. It has been great working together with Janet as a founding member to bring the additive manufacturing community in APAC together with the APAC AM Meetup initiative. Do follow the AM Chronicle page on LinkedIn to stay updated. Hope you find our conversations interesting and informative. Please leave your feedback and comments in the link provided in the episode description. Tell us what you like about our content and which aspects of additive manufacturing would you like us to cover in our future episodes. Stay tuned for our next episode where we delve into the intricacies of direct energy deposition with our expert guest. Until then, take care and stay safe.